When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Veronica, how are you? Let's do a check-in real quick. Let's do a check-in. I'm good. I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to ever wash my hair again. And I'm also... Oh my God, I'm so there. Yeah. I'm hot and horny and it's very annoying. Because normally I would just go and do something, you know, about it. But here I'm like... (laughs) I'm just like, wow, I look fine. And then that's it. (laughs) I get like wildly horny of course around 2 p.m me too right after the anxiety bump <laughs> then at this get that's your quarantine schedule yeah yeah and then the anxiety goes away makes way for horniness then i'm then i'm tired of course and then full spiral anxiety until i just get some wine inside of me that's apparently not a good coping mechanism it's it's fine this is ellie woods by the way guys we have a guest in studio today in our quarantine. Don't Are yell. I mean, don't lie. It's not in studio. Don't yell. <laughs> Please, don't like, wow. Please don't yell. I see your value. Um, so, uh, yeah, this was the most informal um, intro we've ever done, but <laughs> it's quarantine. Everything's crazy. Everything's crazy. Um, let's do a check in with all of us. Ellie's here today. Our guest is Ellie Woods from. Um, you can re- remember her from my friendship with her. That's right. And friendship independently. And Veronica's independent friendship with her. We yeah. like to keep our friendships independent. independent. Ellie's a huge Trek fan and has been following us a lot. And we finally got her in on the podcast. And we had and I'm sorry that it's in this weird time. No, but, I think you know, we're all in our own little shuttles, you know, it's cute. We're cute. we're in our um quarters. Yeah, we're boldly going where humanity has never gone before, which is like maybe hopefully a gentler world. Maybe. I know. There's a lot of opportunity, right? So much opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could profit off of it. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, some people are. Uh, Check with the government. Side eye looking at you, government of Myanmar. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. What are you doing? Tell me the news. Tell me what's happening in the world. The uh, president of the Philippines is issued an order to shoot people dead. Yes. Another shoot people dead order has been issued. Ah, And um, your house, no grocery shopping, that kind of thing. Right. 
there's, well, there are people that are like out in the streets and he's like, please stop. I'm going to shoot you. And then there's a, um, like people trying to hike at Griffith, (laughs) which is, and Maduro's like, I honestly, I'm, I'm on the side of the president of the Philippines right now with that. If I see another fucking person like post brunch at mess hall right now, I swear to God. Oh, people are are not doing that. Yeah. Mess hall's open. Are you serious? Put the mess in mess hall because it is open. They're not allowed, right? It makes me insane. It's like, come, welcome in, oysters, get the fuck oysters on the house of my life. I am so angry about all of those feelings. All They're of so the uh, employ- like shitty employers' masks have fallen, which is so interesting to me. Like, I have friends in New York who they all work at the same restaurant because we're all a sitcom, a, like a moving sitcom. And then everyone is waiting for the the last week of work for the checks. And I've met the owner of that restaurant, and I just know that they're not planning on sending that check anytime soon. <laughs> I just know this. And it's like, wow, like, you know, you complain in your daily life, my fucking boss is a fucking psycho. And then so oh, my sister won't give me any hugs. <laughs> daily complaints. daily complaints but then suddenly you're like oh i was completely right this person like fully fully took their mask off and now they're like the shitty asshole that they always that i always you're i thought you were talking about like ppe masks Hmm. but you're talking about like figurative or like yeah like the every country's reaction to this thing and every like employer's reaction to this thing like has been like, oh, now we know yeah. exactly who you are. This is gonna be amazing. True I've colors. Been really glad to see that my local Gelson's has been very good to its employees. If you don't want to come in, you're still getting paid, apparently. <gasps> wow. Right? Isn't that something? Although that was something I heard a week and a half ago, and everything changes so fast. So don't quote me on that. Yeah, because also like what about the people who do come in? Because people are coming in. So yeah. are they like getting like the people who are like, like to me, it would just be like, Oh, so a bunch of assholes are going to not come in. And then the people. Well, but also like, what if you have an immune, uh, like a deficiency or some kind of like something. Or your husband has cancer. Yeah. Like, um, (laughs) anyway, I'm dressed as Deanna Troy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Exciting. Yeah. So I got into this Zoom call and Ellie's fully in costume as Troy. Couldn't be more accurate. Like it's the most, probably the closest Troy costume. And I just am like, wow, Ellie looks crazy. And I like didn't see <laughs> for the longest time. And I'm just like, I was like, okay, so you're wearing a lot of makeup. And, <laughs> and then I proceed to talk about how putting any makeup on, on at all makes me feel like a little bit whorish these days. Cause I'm so used to just being dirty. Like I've been gardening a lot. Like I haven't been wearing makeup, just been wearing big hats and sweatpants. And Alice is like, is it a joke? <laughs> like, is are it you a joke? <laughs> is we tell joke still? No joke. But then finally she just was like, bitch, I'm Troy. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, I'm Troy. <laughs> So clearly I'm not a Zoom empath um, because it didn't get it. And now it's the most obvious thing I can imagine. 
I, I, all I saw, so like, um, just for a little context, Ellie and I were in a sketch team together and, uh, I was always shocked at the creations with a K that Ellie oh. <laughs> comes up with. Yes. I was just always like, oh, I just made this coat for this one sketch. And I'm like, what? No. Uh, uh, no. Just like put wigs on wigs and just like come up with shit. Like always knows where the material Ellie always knows where the materials are, how to stitch them together, how to add like an extra arm to like a thing. Definitely. That's right, Ellie. You should do yeah. sewing classes right now. I, I think about it. You know, before this happened, I was teaching some people how to sew. And it's definitely a good skill to have now because, you know, people want those masks. I'm going to start charging $30 for bespoke masks. Speaking of taking advantage. Do it. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll donate to the hospital, but like I have yeah. it. But, you know, like I'm going to... A video of a doctor just being like fabric masks, and then he puts a lighter, and he just blows it right out, and then he puts a surgical mask, and then he doesn't, even though he's blowing, he doesn't blow the fire. So yeah. you're supposed to like air is not supposed to get through at all. Well, you're supposed what? to I mean, at the very least double <laughs> them, you know, so you have double a double weave kind of pressing up against it. But anyway, this is not a. Wait, I'm, I'm confused. Air is not supposed to get through. How are like, yeah, but how do you breathe? You don't. It's uncomfortable, Alice. Wait. <laughs> oh. I almost burned my fucking nose. I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, he pulled up a lighter and he's like, ah! Two minutes later, it's like, now we have a video of a doctor burning his own face off. We really <laughs> needed that doctor hot. face. But we don't need our doctors to be hot right now. We just need God, I know. What a nightmare. Ugh. I hope we don't lose any hot doctors. Sorry. I hope we don't fucking... That's insensitive. No, it's fine. This is the place for insensitivity. I've only seen news of guys dying. That's true, Alice. Actually, now that you say that, I actually couldn't tell you one female that they publicized that has... Is that because of the older generation, the people that were hearing about dying, their accomplishments were not as recorded, and so there were fewer females of that age that we care about? Right. I or don't know. They, they, they have a healthier immune system. Yeah. Maybe. Or, or is or this is it kind of funny revenge from nature? Why can't it be both? Why can't it be three things? Why there is isn't a both word for three. No. <laughs> <laughs> like it's either two things or it's like, yeah, all of Bro those. You have to say all of those. Is there a Spanish word? Like Bro in Spanish, you say masa yeah for further and like i love that because it's like that's not a word that's two words and so it's like oh how do you say the what is the word for, for beyond in spanish masa yeah nope that's not a word that's two whole words well oh you know more over there no nope. and then there's more there <laughs> <laughs> so my old employer um i used to work at this korean uh this woman Okay, I used to work at a store, like a boutique, and it was owned by a Korean woman whose English was so-so. And my friend working there wrote down like quotes that she would do sometimes because she would like dash off these like sort of witticisms and inspiring things every once in a while. And she said this, um, you know, when you get down to the bottom point, there's always, what is it? Hold on, I have to look at it because it's impossible for me to remember it's just like so perfect while alice is looking veronica i want to say that like when we were on a sketch team together i would spend so much time working on costumes and then the longer i stayed on mod the worse my costumes get but 
unfortunately the funnier I became, you know what I mean? Like the more I'm spending on costumes, the more I'm like, Oh, is this because I don't know what's funny about this? And I'm just like, okay, well, let me just have fun with this. You know what I mean? It's like either the sketch is not funny enough. So you have to compensate or you don't feel funny enough and you have to compensate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel that way. I, I got, um, I used to be like, there's no need for costume changes. And then everyone was so over the top that I started feeling like I should have costume changes. And then in New York, I leave for a job at eight and then have a month night at like nine, 10 or whatever. And then, so I just have whatever I can carry in a backpack all day. Yeah. So I got used to wearing like all black and then changing like a scarf and then like glasses. And then I moved, I moved to LA and everyone has all of the wigs in every change and a full yeah. clothes to change every fucking sketch. And I was like, you were also like with a bunch of new people though, who were so excited to be on a mod team, you know? And then also, also you were with Marcus Ray, who's just sick. He's just sick in the head. So <laughs> my God, this is incredible info. <laughs> he is sick in the head. I have, I was just like surprised at how much like LA goes above and beyond in general. And I was like, why is this? And I think it's the car. It's like the idea you can put, throw a bunch of shit in there and be like, it's a sketch show. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a minimalist. So this, like the LA, especially like you and everyone who's Natalie Palomides, who does so like also is like over the top in like, a really good way. I was like, wow, this is like, I never even thought these were possibilities of like bringing in so much. Like making your own snowman costume. Yeah, I was just like, People will get it. Yeah. Everyone in New York is ratty and everyone's like, yeah, we're all rats. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. We all know. We all know. I found the quote. Um, I don't know if you can see this. It says. Okay. Oh. You go to the bottom point. They're always going up left. Going so, up left. So my friend told me like this was like 15 years ago. My friend told me, like, this is something Kay told me. When you go to the bottom point, there is always going up left. And I, I looked at it again today and I realized, oh, that makes sense. Like, when you go onto the bottom point, there's always going up left. Like, you can always go up when you're done. Like, she's basically saying, like, once you hit bottom, then all you have left to do is go up. But I thought when I first read this note, like, 15 years ago, and I've thought ever since that she was saying, when you go onto the bottom point, like when you're at your bottom, there's always going up and then left. <laughs> like, no, like look, look to your left. Taking, <laughs> you a, a hill. taking a twist on it. Like if you're at the bottom, you know, there's nothing to do but go up. And then when you're up, you take a left. Take a left. You that, might have wanted yeah. to take a right. Like I was like, that is interesting. That's like the IKEA shortcuts when you're like, I don't want to see lamps and just go straight to like <laughs> the cutting boards. <laughs> the cutting oh, board. speaking of cutting boards, oh my god. Oh my god, IKEA. What? All right, I just thought about like what IKEA is like right now. <laughs> I don't know. I got worried for IKEA all of a sudden. That's not a concern. I'm we don't sure worry about IKEA. Fine. Yeah, I got worried if Ikea was going to, I need frames and I, I just need to, I, I miss Ikea. You can order from Ikea. Hot tip, by the way, about Ikea, if we ever get out of this and get to go to an Ikea again, um, uh, that's the first thing I'm going to do, by the way. 
go to an Ikea. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. Um, But never start from the top floor. Start from the bottom floor. Work your way backwards. Go against. I like, I do do the exact same thing. It's like, okay, all this stuff that I was going to buy. If you're just making small, small runs trip, all the stuff that you're going to buy is at the end anyway. Well, yeah. The other thing is just for you to get all the ideas, inspirations and tired of people. And then you go downstairs and get the things you want quickly because you're tired of it and get out. Exactly. And that's how you spend so much money. Exactly. And they're trying to make you um, spend more money by getting you at the top and getting all inspired. But like, you don't need that shit. It's so much better to do the other. Yeah. I've, I've gone to Ikea before. This is one of my most proudest moments. I went to Ikea one time and I had eight things on my list and girl, I bought eight things. Oh shit. Which is an insane thing to say that that was a goal, but you know how hard that shit is. That's hard. It's, it's not like even. impossible. And I fucking did it. Um, I'm just incredible. looking at this sale right now for sunglasses because I bought something from Nasty Gal. There was a sale on Nasty Gal. Everything was like $1. Mm-hmm. And I just bought some stuff because I was like, uh, yeah, I do need some new sunglasses. I bought some sunglasses and I bought a pair of um, platform sandals Sure, like, for the kind of life that one is never going to lead again. Um, I feel like even when we get out of this, wearing these sandals is going to be gauche. Like it's going to be very disrespectful to society for me to wear these sandals. Because they're not like ethically made sandals that you made yourself out of the bamboo in your Exactly. We're going to have a whole new fashion situation when this gets out. I mean, like I'm fucking ready for it. I'm so excited. You're ready for it. I fucked up, you know? And so of course I, I didn't, the shipment never came. So what do I do? I go online and buy two pairs of fucking Kenzo designer sunglasses, even though the whole point of having, I, I lose sunglasses. Like it's just, I shed them like skin and I can't, I can't spend money on sunglasses and I just always do. So unfortunately it's extremely proportionate. The more money you spend, the less likely you are to lose them. I mean, not this bitch. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that for you. It has problems. It doesn't work like that. It's certain things. Is this ADD or is this just what? Eh? Is it ADD or what do you think? I think it's ADD. I think it's a. I I think there has to be. But you get uh, an ADD OCD. Everyone does. Everyone with ADD gets like an like uh, counterbalance kind of OCD. Then you get OCD with like those kind of things. I do. This is how it works for me. I spend too much money on it. And suddenly it's like a thing in my mind and I become obsessed with it and fixated. And that's how I can get through. That's not, I must not have ADD because that does not happen to me. No, but my uncle, my uncle and I both have this exact thing, which is like the extreme absent-mindedness regarding like physical, physical world. Like I can't, like I've lost things where it's driven me insane because I'm like, how could I lose this thing? That's so crazy. And then the, when I on your forehead, but when I find it pressing on your nose, pressing on my nose or whatever, it's like, it's this feeling of relief because it's like before I felt like I truly was going insane and it, you're gaslighting yourself. It's AD, that's ADD. <laughs> you're just gaslighting yourself all the time. Well then, but why don't I have the part where I get, obsessive compulsive and don't lose things everybody's different but you do you do you do but with other things 
you have to do things a certain way. And I think that's ADD too. I think that's just being, being a controlling bitch. Is that a Xena poster? That could be. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm, I'm in the back of my closet right now. When this whole like lockdown thing happened, I thought I'm going to need a place to zoom with my friends where I can get a little, you know, like evidence, evidence of the party. <laughs> Ellie's preparedness is commendable. I know. So it's so I, I hung some friends. You know, I got Donna Summer, I got Zena, and I got Brian. Be cool from Playgirl. I finally got my news sign to be. Um, this says this says Muse, and when you're on Instagram Live, it automatically mirrors, and there's no way to change it. So I had to make a news sign that backwards. I love that. So annoying. That's finally so got, annoying. Finally got that shit to work. I need to find the wall. A thing that's like. I'm well. Do you guys want to see where I am? Yeah, let's let's see it. Here we go. Here's the review. Whoa, cool. That's crazy. You're like a magical fairy. I'm That's in- amazing. Oh, hello. I saw a tiger. Now I understand. You kiss guys- it again. Will you kiss it again for the camera? Sorry, that sounds really disgusting. But I do have to take a photo of this for the for the gram. Um. <laughs> for the camera i'm sure brett's barfing um <laughs> you changed their mentions this is amazing yeah that really that that was mind-blowing for the listeners ellie got up from her station um it looks like we're in a sex spaceship and then walked <laughs> through a closet i mean it was like narnia it was amazing. Um, I won't have that much magic, but I'm definitely thinking of uh, a corner booth. That's all I need. I just need a you few. You have a closet behind you right there. Yeah, and also, That's Ellie, a- you sound great, too. I'm, like- I'm extremely, I'm, I have my soundproofing. Yeah. I'm holding up a pink feather boa. <laughs> I'll have a little bit of echo. I'm starting to think you've got your own to something. I know, right? And then maybe it'll translate into a career in VO without me having to do any work, hopefully. Fingers crossed. And I plugged into the, let me see if that I'm on I'm in a power cool. outlet right now, so I can't move, but I'm looking at my closet. Just modeling at it. Dreaming, right? I had to move some stuff around, but it also was a time for me to clear my closet out. There you go. Do you guys know Iris Apfel? Yeah. Um, sh- you know, legend. She's, she, you do know her. She's like the woman who's like the old woman with the glasses. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, fabulous kind of thing. And yeah. um, she's like another Diane Breland. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. She's very Diana Breland. Um, she is doing like a Iris, your closet. And she wants you to like take all your fabulous things out and try them on and then, you know, get rid of the things that she's basically Marie Kondoing, but. You know. fabulously yeah. yeah exactly i'm i am like her I, I, those people are kindred spirits to me i i as much as like uh wear sports shirts right now because of the quarantine and it doesn't matter um i'm like i'll col- i have s- collections of little jewels and plastics and little things that you're and extremely then, extremely that vibe veronica it's Very really vibe. heavy i have like i have too many little things all the little <laughs> things I mean, I know this is not a Star Trek thing, but uh, but Veronica, have you seen the documentary The Eye Has to Travel? Oh, I just told you. I just 
I know. Several times. I, I watch it. Uh, it was like my comfort watch. Uh, that one and Alice would enjoy it. And then... Uh... Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Eternal Sunshine and that documentary are the only two things that I can watch like on repeat. I love that. In my life. The eye has to travel. It's amazing. Oh, Mm, okay. That's a bitch. She's just like such a bitch, but I understand exactly why. Like, it just makes sense. Somebody says something about her. And I think it's Diane, Diane von Furstenberg says she made it possible for women to be exceptional and just... That little quote, I'm like, oh, whenever I need to be built back up a little bit, I watch that and I'm like, you're right. I can be whatever I want to be. That's awesome. Yeah, it's true. She's just like unapologetically uh, like honest about her opinions. And she's very like, she's clearly looking for this like thing that's beautiful, you know, or this thing that's like for some reason, like arresting this yes. image, this like fashion, whatever it is, this model, the next like arresting. She yeah, she discovered she did Barbara Streisand's like profiles make it look like a Cleopatra with her nose. She's just like this person who's like, your nose is big. Let's make it bigger. Yeah. Um, so she basically created the fashion in the 60s and the 70s. She was running Vogue at the time. Um, so thank you, Diana. Yeah, I know. She was just like mini skirt, everything. She just featured all the things that were like coming. Biggie. Uh, and then Mick Jagger, like everything. So she, she's always like, it's clear, like this either fascinates me and it's amazing or I don't want it. It's just, it's not part of the thing, but so many people got hurt along the way of her being like, oh yeah, that's not fabulous. Uh, and then, so a lot of people, same, I think with Anna Winter, where people are like, oh no. And I just think it's like, she just knows what she wants and she has like a vision and she has to say no to some things. Like don't think and, and, and women notoriously get this, this treatment, like people they're viewed so straight. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm saying they're viewed, but like I view women, if I, I view a woman being like that differently than I view a man being like that without, when I don't examine it, you know, like when I exam, when I think about a, a man acting the way of Anna and Tor acts towards her various acquisitions like this, not this. No, that's not going to work. If a guy was like, no, that's not going to work. That's good. People would be like, he's just such a genius. Like he just, you know, what an auteur. And with Anna, like she's a bitch. <laughs> I think I'm starting to swing the other way. I feel that I'm starting to swing the other way. Cause I completely agree with you, Alice. Like when I don't examine it, that's what my reaction is. But these days when a guy's like, not that this, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just, by the way, I just froze my own audio with my voice. Really? I was like, did this, did, did Brett secretly like, is Brett having like a muting function? 
It's like, I can't take the C word. I'm sorry. I'm easily triggered right now. <laughs> that head scarf is amazing. Wait, do that like this again. Oh, so good. Yes. I wish this were my real hair. Frankly, with this head scarf, I'm like, you're transitioned Diana to Loxana. You're like, oh, I am very, I'm much like, more Loxana than I am Diana. Oh! <laughs> with the headscarf I'm like mm. yes and uh, you can't obviously I'm probably wearing sweatpants on the bottom but just imagine I'm wearing a full gown you're you're like younger than Diana I mean that Diana but definitely you're like those like kids who are already like ready to be middle-aged women thank you I've always felt that way I'm really going to be great in my 40s and here's That's how I feel too and Brian is the, the uh, Luxana's uh, manservant who's also in Men in Black. You know who I'm talking about? The tall guy? The tall guy. He's also in Men in Black. He's the alien in Men in Black. No, shut up. I mean, he's, he's like one of the aliens in Men in Black in the lunch scene when they're like. But like, this is Luxana's servant, the tall guy? Yeah, yeah. He's one of the protectors of the galaxy in the Men in Black. Amazing. Wow. Where did Alice go? Sorry. I'm going to enjoy a non-alcoholic beer. And also, um, <laughs> the, the thing is missing on my glasses, like one of the things. So I, it was hurting my nose. <laughs> I was wondering. Here we go. If it's glasses. We're just a bunch of crafty ladies. <laughs> so crafty. It's funny that everyone's just like, whatever. So, I know. That's fucking, people are... In, Good thing people have to do, listen to this because they don't have anything else to do. That's right, fans. We've got you cornered. I haven't listened to one single podcast. Um, that looks great, Alice. I'm an Easter bunny. <laughs> um, sorry, this just in. Veronica hasn't listened to a single podcast. God, you're like, and you haven't watched any TV. I don't know what dimension I live. It's crazy. I have listened to all of my podcasts and also played approximately 7,000 hours of Animal Crossing. Yeah, I was really into a game like Animal Crossing before the lockdown happened. And so I'm like, I can't get into another one like that because I'm still playing Merge Dragons. Merge Dragons is way worse. And I can't interact with any of my friends on there. But What's Animal Crossing? Well, Animal Crossing. Well, okay. So, I mean, I if you're into your game, you're into your game. That's not like, you know, there's no real reason to abandon shit at this point. The only reason I'm down with Animal Crossing is, is so, well, it's great. First of all, it's very fun, but it's also so zeitgeisty right now. So you can just go on Reddit and people's ridiculous takes on all that. And there's like events that happen in Animal Crossing. So like right now is Bunny Day. I've heard that the, because articles have been written about this thing, I've heard that the Easter egg pack from Bunny Days sucks. Yeah, everybody hates Bunny Day. So that's the whole thing. Is it like right now there's a, there's like an Easter event, but they don't call it Easter because, you know, and it's called Bunny Day. And basically a bunny comes to your island and some of your trees turn pink. And then all the normal shit that you shake out of trees turns into eggs. And I'm being reductive because you still get normal shit sometimes, but like, yeah, you're simplifying the universe. Yeah. You go fishing and you, and normally you catch fish and now you catch like 60% eggs. You chop wood and normally you get wood. Now you get 60% wood eggs. So there's like five types or six types of eggs that you get. And it's just interfering with everybody's gameplay because they're just like, Oh, I just want to fish, but I'm fucking collecting all these goddamn eggs. That's why you should play the Sims instead. 
The Sims, you can fish all day if you want to. I know, but in Animal Crossing, you can visit your friends. Oh, yeah, all my friends are playing Animal Crossing. Wow, I can't find a Nintendo Switch for the life of me. I found an Animal Crossing. I'm, I've been looking for my friends, so if you have the money, I can find you one. I don't. Guess what, guys? I don't have the money. But, like, I've been asking people because, like, I know a bunch of moms who are like, oh, my, my kid has one of those. They never play with them. And I'm like, bitch, sell that shit. Anyway, side, outside issue. Um, sell it. Should we talk? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so we have... Ready, Kelly? Yeah. Trace, the final hokiest frontier. <laughs> These are the polka people that went to space <laughs> and started to do polka. I would love that spinoff. They have like... Like three legs now because they're used to teetering like that. Like they've evolved. Um, so we watched the uh, Star Trek season six. Relics. Episode four. And actually, interesting little fact here, guys. Do you know that Teen Wolf season six, episode four is also called Relics? Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? I was googling it and I was like, "Oh, interesting, huh?" <laughs> and what? What caused you to be? Go- oh, you were googling our episode. Okay, yeah. no, I was googling season call. six, episode fourteen. Here's my routine: I wake up probably about five five thirty a.m. Google Teen Wolf. Obviously, first things first. <laughs> um. So, Veronica, do you want to ask her what her history is? Yeah, so we ask every guest, uh, what's your history with I love that this is a, a big thing that we pretend is our segment. <laughs> it's the only thing we have. We it's have one thing. segment, and we ask a question. We're grasping <laughs> it with our nails. It's um, not- so it's like, uh, what's your history with Star Trek? Like, where th- did it begin? A great question, and I, have a, I do have a history. So um, I am a classic daughter, child, you know, youngest child of divorce. And um, so I extremely associate Saturday nights with Chinese food and the next generation. Like when I would go over to my, oh, sorry, Wednesday nights. I would go over to my dad's house on Wednesday nights, and that was like my time with him, and we'd order Chinese food, and I'd sit behind the couch. And um, some people would sit on the couch, but I, that was my place. Yeah. Um, and we'd, uh, watch the next generation. And I was like deeply into Geordie. I would walk around all day with a headband over my eyes being like, what's, what's earth look like? And, um, and I kind of like forgot about it for a while. And then I recently got so deeply back into it and I had no idea, like, cause obviously I watched it as a kid, but I had no idea that it was such a good show. It was so I had no idea that it was so like um, feminist and just like forward thinking and badass and God, I love it. So I've seen all of the next generation. Amazing. I've seen some of Picard. I haven't seen any of the movies. Mm, you're a lot like us in that way. We watched uh, one. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't watch any of the JJ Abrams movies either. No, but you know what? I recently hooked up with somebody and um, yeah, yeah. I actually, when I heard there was a lockdown coming, I, I did that. <laughs> Wait, so you got to, sorry. 
back it up. So you heard there was a lockdown coming. And you got a hookup before the lockdown happened. You like got to get one in. Yeah. If I wasn't, if I wasn't so freshly sad, I would have done that. Exactly. Literally my last day of lockdown was like, you know, it was, it was, I was still before a lot of people. Like I was, I was locked down by the Thursday that, and everybody was locked down by that Saturday or something. But that Thursday I like went and I met somebody and he was a Star Trek fan too. Who? Um, who? Yeah. Where's this a Star Trek fan coming from? From a dating app. Wait, so you were in a dating app. I just want to know. All the he, we are talking. Like, I thought we might not talk, but we're talking. Anyway, he told me that the movies. Wait, you were in the app and then suddenly you're like, this is going lockdown. Let's just meet. Yeah, it kind of was happening at that pace anyway. It was like, we were already going to be meeting. And then the, I don't think he was aware of like what was happening. You know what I mean? Like I was on the early side of what was going on. And so I was like, okay, well, you're not coming to my house. Um, and we can't go to a bar cause I won't go out like that right now, you know? Um, right. so mom stopped listening. Um, I went to his house and I've never done that before, but I, I'm alive. I don't really You're recognize his house before. That makes sense. It, yeah. It, yeah. What it was, was dangerous. House like? What was what? Did he have, did he have towels? More than one. It was a nice house. It was cute. Little mm-hmm. Highland Park house. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's a good guy. So, Mish, is this a good time to plug my web series, Locktown, about a group of people who moved to LA to try to make it big and then they <laughs> are new roommates? <laughs> it's starring me and me and me. Oh my God. Actually, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I should do are you, you going to Norbit it? Yeah, definitely. Is that what does that mean? Like, does, when Norbit I, mean, does Norbit mean if you do, you think of something and then never do it? <laughs> That's what I love to do. No, that's Ellie Woodsing it. Wait, did what did he what did this guy tell you about the movies? Oh, he said that with the movies, oh hi kitty. He said that with the movies, um, there's a pretty easy thing you can follow, which is that the even movies are bad and the odd movies are good. You've heard this. Whoa. Something I've heard before. I didn't know that. We also got into a fight because Wow. He like didn't think that I like knew that much about the next generation. I was like, okay, sir. Um That's leave the bridge, weird. please. Leave the bridge. Um he was like he Why was, do you guys do that? I hate it. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, he started like getting into Star Wars and I'm like, I'm I'm a Trekkie, I'm not a, a Star Wars. But anyway, um I wouldn't even call myself a Trekkie, but anyway, he yeah, we got into a fight because he was like, Data and Picard aren't friends. P- Data is annoying to Picard. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Are you, what, that's not only is that incorrect, it's actually ridiculous because it's the it's canon. And it's also it's canon that they are friends. And it's also the basis for the entire Picard series. Well, I think that's why we were talking about it because he was like, it doesn't make sense to me because Picard and Data were never friends. And I was like, okay, just because he wasn't his first and second in command doesn't mean they weren't friends. It's like Data's really the only person that ever challenged Picard, you know? And yeah, he was annoying, but then Data got more human-like and Data striving to be more human and Picard striving to be the best human. Those two goals are, no, will always be aligned. Data. And he, there's also movies that also established that. So it's stupid that he would think that. And that means that he isn't a real Trekkie. 
Since the measure of a man, I think they just like solidified their relationship. Yes. What happens in that episode again? That's when uh, people do a uh, trial to see if data is actually a, like a being to respect yeah. instead of dismantle. Mm-hmm. And doesn't Riker have to be like the opposition or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Riker has to like be a lawyer for some reason. He's like, I have, sorry, I have to do this, but you are not a guy. <laughs> he had to play devil's advocate, which is so sad. Like, I hate doing this. Oh, but- was Q involved in this or was it just like the mm-hmm. the Federation was like, you can't have data on board or some a Federation affiliate guy who was like a scientist and neuro. He was like a, um, like Brain a guy. synthetic life scientist of some kind that was, um, really interested in data and he wanted to take him apart. That's right. And then he was a big creep, right? Yeah. Well, data was like, no. And, and and he's like, I gotta do it. <laughs> God. Sometimes don't you guys just feel like men are that guy and your ass is data? Oh, yes, honey. Just always trying to take it apart. Figure out what's going on with it. <laughs> always trying to take my ass apart. <laughs> it's like, my ass is my ass. It's got a positive to take my ass apart. <laughs> <laughs> so we did watch Relics. And I was really excited because... I always get excited about this episode and then I watch it and I'm like, Oh, actually kind of whatever. Like there's a lot about this episode that seems exciting on paper. And then to me, it kind of falls flat because well, we'll get into it. Um, the premise of the episode relics, uh, I'll read the Netflix synopsis. Hold on a second. Let me just get on over to Netflix. Let me just mosey on over here to Netflix. I'll Did you read any of the information from for the episode um, in the Alpha fandom? I did not. I read something else. Permission to speak candidly, sir. I didn't. Okay. Love that little Netflix um, trailer that they have. Perfect sound clip too. I was like, you were like, did you do this? And I was like, permission to speak candidly. So um, episode uh, four of season six, the Enterprise stumbles upon a Dyson sphere with a ship crashed on the outer surface. So I was like, um, that's interesting. Dyson sphere. Is is Dyson named for Dyson spheres? Like the company Dyson? Because it's a vacuum cleaner company that's like based around spheres or whatever. I definitely looked up who Freeman Dyson was. Yeah. So I, I found out that that's not, it's just a guy's name. Yeah. Dyson is just the guy's name. Yeah. Dyson, they're not connected. Right. But I mean, Dyson is the guy's name who invented this concept and Dyson vacuums are something else. Right. Freeman Dyson. Wait, what? Wow. This is crazy. Well, okay. So I read an article. Sorry. (laughs) Could we build a Dyson sphere? Um, I read a lot about this too, actually. I like when they use real science in Star Trek. I mean, even if it, the science is all wrong, like it's fun when they do some stuff. That's a quote from this episode. Even if the science is all wrong, it's fun when they do some stuff. So, so here, I guess Brett has decided now is the time to pull up a clip. The episode... Brett's forcing clips on us. 
Well, now that we're an hour and a half in and we haven't talked about that. That's true. It's a good point. Let's let's pull that clip, Brad, that first clip. This so, is wait. Captain Picard describing what a Dyson sphere is. Wait. Um, wait. Yeah, go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun fact. You do? I do. Very old theory, number one. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. Incredible. He sounds a lot like Ellie. It's called the 20th century. And a physicist of days and postulated the theory that an enormous hollow sphere could be constructed around a star. This would have advantage of harnessing all the radiant energy of that star. Any population living on the interior surface would have virtually inexhaustible sources of power. Are you saying that you think there are people living in there? Possibly a great number. People. Okay, all right, you go. You go. No, please, I don't want to hog all the rolls. Click that thing for sound. Parameters of Dyson's theory. A Dyson sphere. It's a very old theory, number one. I'm not surprised that you haven't heard of it. In the 20th century, a physicist oh, called idiot. Freeman Dyson postulated the theory that an enormous hollow sphere could be constructed around a star. This would have the advantage of harnessing all the radiant energy of that star and any population living on the interior surface would have virtually inexhaustible sources of power. Are you saying you think there are people living in there? Possibly a great number of people, Commander. The interior surface area of a sphere this size is the equivalent of more than 250 million Class M planets. Sir, I have located the distress signal. It is coming from a point in the Northern Hemisphere. Ensign Rega, put us into synchronous orbit above that position. Aye, sir. No. I, I don't accept it. <laughs> I can't accept it. An interesting parallel I just heard, though, and, like, am able to make now after seeing that is that Picard is, like, or, or number one is, like, Riker's, like, what is that? And Picard's, like, oh, it's an old thing. That That's why you've never heard of it is because it's, like, old and out of date. It's a theory we don't think anymore, um, which is very, you know, that's a parallel with the whole episode. Oh, that's true. Very good point, Ellie. Thank you. Ellie has been awarded a a good point award, which is actually worth $220, which is weird. I don't know why we do this. You have to apply to get it, but you can definitely rebate. But you know what? I'm going to apply. I need the money. So uh, the Brandon Braga was actually originally going to write it, but um, he wanted to write the next episode. So what they did was um go to an original series fan and then he took over and uh just wrote this episode because uh, wait a fan wrote this episode yeah ron moore was an original series fan so they did he yeah. was in the writer's room but he was a fan of the original series yes so like but because star trek had an open policy to like uh at least TNG would read fan submissions and stuff. Oh, I love that. Fans I got that. To, to do the episodes. Uh, so they broke story and then uh, this guy just developed it. Thanks Ron. for stepping up, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. My man, Ron. Thank you, That's Ron. It definitely doesn't feel like the same. It doesn't feel like other episodes to me. It's very... Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get it, yeah. Also, 
No, no, well, just say we're in it. It's, <laughs> it's so male and it's so like, this is one of the moral episodes, you know, it's like trying to make a point about something. And I think it's like one of my least favorite moral episodes because maybe it's just a point that we've already made at this. It's like kind of an older point that like old people do have a place in society. Yeah. Okay. We all read The Giver. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, or and The maybe, Giving Tree if you're a hippie. Or The Giving, yes, exactly. And so I just feel like, it's not like, you know, one of my favorite, who watches the Watchmen? That's a great moral episode. Mm. Um, but this one, they were just like, old people can have a place, make them feel good. And I, also, I think it was just a lot more male. Like there were no female characters in this episode, really. Yeah, it, it struck me from a perspective, if you look at it from a gendered perspective, just about male ego and the fragility of it and how we have to like do everything to prop it up. And Arl, and because at the end of the episode, the whole, the whole tie up is that, you know, the real problem of the episode besides imminent death, of course, was the problem of uh, Scotty's ego. So um, jumping ahead a little bit, uh, because what happens is on this episode, they encounter this Dyson spear. And then uh, there's a ship crashed in the surface. So they scan the ship. Uh, the the dwarf's like, smells like ass in here. Did you guys notice that? <laughs> no, I didn't. That's amazing. He doesn't say that. He says, there's a lot of stale air in here. And I was like, weird. <laughs> I also noticed that when they beam down Riker and Worf and um, Jordy beam down to the, the ship that has crashed. And they're like, uh, hey, Worf, would you scan to see if we can... <laughs> They ask him to do something ridiculous. It's like, he's get like, oxygen, can, you, can you get more oxygen? And yeah. it's like, I, sir. And then he goes to the next room <laughs> in a place where they just landed. He just, just, like, just like goes to another yeah. room. Sometimes he's like, like, yeah, definitely got that. on Have you been here before? When did you? And he's just what? like, basically, I find it important to go to another room and click buttons until they need me again, because obviously I'm not an engineer, so I don't know why they asked me to do the that. that. That scene stood out for me, like, it was so weird. And then, <laughs> and then you too. So, like, clearly yeah. it was weird as fuck. I, like, I flagged that. I was like, what? what's okay, happening? Right. Okay. The pale air was funny to me, because I never get, like, that kind of, like, uh, olfactory, uh, I don't know, like sensory thing with places. So a comment about the air, I'm like, yeah. perfect. It must right. smell really bad. Um, uh, so they, they find out that somebody is trapped in the transporter beam. So they, um, so Jordy's like, oh my God, could somebody possibly be tra like trapped inside of a transporter stream for 78 years? And so they um, energize him and it's Scotty from the, the original enterprise by the way the dyson sphere uh freeman dyson was a scientist um and the theory the actual sphere that he theorized about was not a solid object and he thought that this the episode was ridiculous in terms of science but really entertaining see when they do science bad but they're still doing it when they do science bad they're still I like all right is uh even with the fact that it's not a <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to read this popular, part of this popular mechanics article that I found. It's really interesting. Um, physicist Freeman Dyson speculated that a technology adv technologically advanced race reaching the limit of its civilization's expanse because of dwindling matter and energy supplies would seek to exploit their sun for all that it is worth. Um, one should expect that within a few thousand years of entering the stage of industrial development, any intelligent species 
should be found occupying an artificial biosphere with completely, which completely surrounds its parent star. An immense hollow ball, the structure is impossible. An actual sphere around the sun is completely impractical, says Stuart Armstrong, a research fellow at Oxford University's Future of Humanity Institute, who has studied megastructure concepts. Armstrong says the tensile strength needed to prevent the sphere from tearing itself apart vastly exceeds that of any known material. Another problem, the sphere would not gravitationally bind to its star in a stable fashion. This is perhaps counterintuitive. You might think that a perfect sphere around a star would be stable, but if any part of the sphere were nudged closer to the star, say by a meteor strike, then that part would be pulled preferentially toward the star, creating instability. If it could be stabilized, a Dyson sphere built at 93 million miles from the sun, the same distance as the Earth, would contain 600 million times the surface of our planet in its interior. However, comparatively little of the surface would be habitable on account of lack of gravity. By spinning the sphere, you can create gravity in the form of centrifugal force along an equatorial band, but this rotation would rack the structure with yet more destructive stress. And wouldn't you just be like... I don't know. A centrifugal force sounds like not gravity to me. Not the move. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'll all have a different kind of gravity that we have to contend with there. You know, that's like listening to that just made me be like, is that what our gravity is? Is it just centrifugal force? Centrifugal force. Oh, I think my audio must've cut out. I definitely said it right. (laughs) (laughs) Force? Force? And that's a great Zoom trick when you don't know when you don't know how to pronounce something properly. You're just like, well, my audio cut out, but I definitely know what this is. Or and you um, don't know somebody's name. Yeah. You're like, oh hi. <laughs> nice to see you again. Kids well. <laughs> Kids well. I'm just gonna pause and be like, oh my god, how the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, tell me I was lying. Tell me I was lying. My computer froze. What it might do? be, it might be, no, gravity is magnetic. Does that make sense? Wow. Well, you don't it. Your computer did not freeze in the right but time. I'm wearing glasses. I should be able to know this. Ah, oh, shit. There is another kind of Dyson, um, there are many Dyson technology called a Dyson swarm that might yes. work, which is a bunch of, it's basically a bunch of solar mirrors. But the problem apparently with a Dyson swarm is that the thing still needs to be in perpetual movement in order to be intact. And you, it would be far too complicated to program all those different things moving at their own thing. So a Dyson swarm seems highly unrealistic, but they did talk about in this article that I saw, like basically a, uh, a ring around a, a star. And, and that's in, in, in interstellar. That's what they built. I think. There's like something that's like a ring. I mean, it might not be a ring. There might be a ring around its own energy source. I don't know if it's actually a sun because it's a lot smaller than a megastructure. So, but yeah, a ring, right? Then you're like, oh my God, like, have you been to that area of that ring? I don't know. It would just feel weird that you wouldn't be able to go to the other part. We're so globular, you know, we're like, we're so like glow. My globe privilege is really showing here, you know? The flat earthers have no problem with this concept. It's just the globe people who like think they couldn't live on a Dyson ring. Because then there's no different weather is kind of what I'm saying. You're always in the same equatorial climate. So it's like, oh yeah, it's always like 70. It's like when that LA weather fatigue that happens, you're like, great, I'm going to go over to this place. You know, yeah, it's tropical, but like, so is it. It's same here. So it's like, what is day? What is night? Like, what day is No, there's no skiing. You know, 
And that's the main time uh, point, point. Or maybe on the edges of the ring, maybe there's like, it's like a super equator. In the middle, it's really hot. And then it like, because it's flat from the outer, from it. Yeah, actually that might make sense. <laughs> I'm a scientist. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? Approved. <laughs> Boom, approved, approved by me too, approved. After this episode's over, I'm gonna send this to science.com. The, the main thing about this episode that I think has like, um, an interesting aspect is two engineers. One of them is Jordy, which we love. We love and adore I how practical Jordy. and real he is. And then this guy that comes from like fucking baby boomer era, where it's like oh, boomer. such a boomer. He's like, the ship is the lady. And then the, the acting is totally different. Just that's like acting but like uh, i think th so some of the writers were concerned about the dynamic between them like two beloved characters being like butting heads uh was stressful especially because everyone loves jordy so much and we're deep into uh star trek the next generation i would uh, rather see a spock data matchup episode that does happen though doesn't it or we see a spock jordy would love to see a Spock Jordy. Jordan and Tita have that dynamic, so maybe we can reproduce. Ooh, but Uhuru Guinans. That's Ooh. still possible. Uhuru's alive. That'd be good. That they will think never do Star Trek again. Yeah, they, she won't. She goes to Whoopi Wong? I mean, I don't have that in writing, but. Uhura? Uhura does conventions. Yeah. I think anyway. she does. Um, well, so this guy's. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was interested in seeing like Jordy be like, no, you're so annoying to like. But I also just thought that that whole part of it was really fake seeming. Like everybody was such a dick to Scotty. And it's like, beam me up, Scotty is the most famous catchphrase. Like we all know who Scotty is. And everybody was such a dick to him. They had to bring that that one ensign, the one pip dick that they brought on, who like showed him to his room. And then he was like, uh, I really don't have time for this. I, I have a meeting with my hand and my lotion. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what an yeah. asshole. He would never. This person is a literal scientific wonder. He's just from the past, from another ship. And the captain's like, could we talk? Because this is amazing. And everybody else is like, uh, yeah, I really love the Enterprise D and I don't like the Enterprise, whatever the fuck you're from. So, <laughs> so crazy. Like if you're on the Enterprise and you're in the Federation, this person would be, like people would be wanting autographs from this guy. Hugely. He was on Enterprise A, right? Yeah. Or no, no, no letter, no ABC or yeah, uh, but I think, uh, well, they it was kind of exaggerated the way they did it, but they were trying to get us to, like, feel for him, like, oh, no, oh, that he's lost. It's well, if they were trying to get us to feel for him, then they should have um, made him not say this to to uh, Beverly Crusher. Ship, Mr. Lafarge, a real beauty here. I must admit to being a bit overwhelmed. Mm, wait till you see the holodeck. You have a hairline fracture of the humerus. It will ache for a couple of days, but it should be fine. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll say this about your enterprise. The doctors are a fair sight prettier. I'm Jean-Luc Picard. Welcome aboard the Enterprise, Captain Scott. Thank you, sir, and call me Scotty. How are you feeling? I don't know. How am I feeling? 
Other than a few bumps and bruises, I'd say you feel fine for a man of 147. And I don't feel a day over 120. <laughs> I must say, I was a little surprised when Commander Riker told me that you were on board the Janola. Our records didn't show you listed as a member of the crew. Well, I was never actually a member of the crew. I was just a passenger. <laughs> I was heading for Nordburn 5 to settle down and enjoy my retirement. I see. Well, I would very much enjoy the opportunity of hearing you talk about your career. I'm sure you would have some fascinating insights into the events of your time. I'd be happy to. Good. Well, I look forward to it. Excuse uh, me. Commander, we need to begin a full spectrograph analysis of the Dyson Sphere. I'll get right on it, sir. Good. Once again, welcome on board, Captain. Sir, I need to get down to engineering and begin that analysis. There's One day, Brett's going to get um, frozen inside of a podcast, and like future podcasters are going to like free him from it, and he's going to be like, I'd love to tell you about how we used to do <laughs> And everyone's like, no. There's so many cords everywhere. And people are like, we don't have time for this. We don't use cords anymore. What are you doing? Go to your quarters. You have a hairline fracture from all your cord work. Um, <laughs> from all your uh, tripping on your cords, your tangle of cords. Um, I, I was noticing, though, when I watched re when I watched that clip again, when he talks about Beverly Crusher, that was actually not only a sexist thing and inappropriate to say to Beverly Crusher, but it was also a burn on bones. Right. Yeah, that's the main thing that I got from it, actually. I didn't see that at first, but that makes sense. Because like Hispanic old men are creepy, but also that's kind of like what's expected. It's like, oh, you're so much prettier and you're like. Thank you. You know, it's kind of like a, it's not great. I don't love it, but it's more culturally like common, I guess, mm -hmm. to compliment the ladies. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah. But of course he's saying that because the other one was a drunk. <laughs> yeah. A drunk asshole. I wish he'd gone into that and it was like, he, your doctors are much prettier and they're not drunk. <laughs> and everybody's just silent for a while. Or creepy. I mean, speaking of drinking, like, that's clearly a big problem for him. Yeah. Well, he's Scottish. He's Scottish, yeah. and he's like, what synth hole? God, I wish I could do a Scottish accent. What's my synth hole? Like, I the like, right? some people are like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just Scottish. And you're like, mm. um, you are an alcoholic. Um, I think uh, the Irish <laughs> and the Scottish probably have a big drinking problem. I know because my cousin lives in Dublin and he was like, people here, like the amount of people you see throw up at the end is crazy. Like everyone goes home and just throws up and it's a mess. And I was like, cool. And it's like so humid there. So there's got to be puke in the air. Hope they're, hope they're masking up. Nobody's staying at home over there. So you know, later on. Say about like that though, just quickly, is something I think about a lot is something I regret about Americans is that we don't have a culture of meeting at bars. Like in a way, I think it's really healthy that British, Irish, Scottish people go to the bar at the end of the workday and then they all see each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't have that. Like they, they, it's a community thing. They're with their neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in LA, like you see a lot of Armenians at sunset sitting out on their patios and they're just like with their community getting together. And it's like, we don't, other people don't have that. Anyway back to star trek yeah yeah this is where it all goes down this is like my favorite part of the episode because i think it really it, it like contrasts their different philosophies of being engineers and i think it's really interesting how 
Scotty's philosophy is like, nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) And Jordy's like, his philosophy is like, I'm doing my job anyway. Do you mind a little advice? Starfleet captains are like children. They want everything right now and they want it their way. But the secret is to give them only what they need, not what they want. Yeah, well, I told the captain I'd have this analysis done in an hour. How long would it really take? An hour? Oh, you didn't tell him how long it would really take, did you? Well, of course I did. Oh, laddie, you've got a lot to learn if you want people to think of you as a miracle worker. Now, listen, Captain Scott. I've tried to be patient, I've tried to be polite, but I've got a job to do here. And quite frankly, you're in the way. Oh, shit. I was driving starships while your great-grandfather was still in diapers. <gasps> I think you'd be a little grateful for some help. Like, did you say diapers? <laughs> Yeah, that audio is crazy. Wait, let me Google diap- diapers. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to turn away from you, sir, because I don't know how to say diapers, I think. <laughs> but like, what's crazy about this entire, like the entire TOS is built on the fact that we made it to that utopia with the behaviors of the of pre-quarantine. <laughs> I know, what a false premise. But- how can we how can we conceive that we got to like no money uh food replicator ex- space exploration and they're like no war how much time did you really like how yeah. much did you really take like if we're still like that clever we didn't make it to space sorry <laughs> well he does it again later right he does it again later when he's like oh i only i only put uh half of what i can do it's if you're an engineer it's better to be conservative on paper yeah I pulled that clip as well. It's at 3448. I was just going to say that that clip's at 3448. <laughs> if you want to get that ready, Brett. But um, yeah, because it's so interesting to me that, that Jordy's basically like, an hour. <laughs> because he's like, no, I don't tell the captain some secret fake time to fuck with him. But that's and- it. If I, I took like some kid and I was like, so you're going to post the TikTok later or now? And they're like... <laughs> Now, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> but peak hours, peak out more people will see it at noon. What's this Thursday? You've got a lot to learn, laddie. You're gonna post it peak hours. But that's also the part of the show that I think seems fake because I'm like, Jordy, what a dick for. Like, wh- why'd you snap? Why'd Jordy I know, snap? I think, I think he could really use some of this advice though because it's like, yeah, actually, maybe you should be doing like it's it's not an it's not necessarily like bad advice. It's like what it's just two different philosophies on doing your job because Scotty would give a different estimate to the to the captain, but he's saying so that he could appear as a miracle worker, which is ego bullshit. But like actually, he's telling him what he could do is use that time, that extra time, so that he could like perform more tasks and get like be more prepared. I don't know. It's just, it's, I think it's just a different way of, of approaching it. It's but, like with makeup, uh, makeup and hair and makeup people, yeah. the, the, the PAs are like, how, how long, how long? And they're like 10 minutes and they know it's just like two. Yeah. But they're building an extra time for themselves. But also he's saying captains are like children, but like think of where Scotty came from. He That's had Captain Kirk. 
Like, yeah. yes, he has to lie to Captain Kirk. If you have Captain Kirk as your captain, lie, you lie, lie. it's like Trump. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're all working together to try to not blow this ship up on a daily basis because Captain Kirk sucks so much. Yeah. And Captain- George, like, you don't get it. Like Captain Picard is actually good at his job. Like Captain Picard is fuckable. Like you don't get it. He's a brilliant man and he's great at his job. Yeah, like people um, are trying to have sex with him a lot and it never happens. Unlike your captain who is raping people on the regs. Yeah. Shut the deuterium from the main cryo pump to the auxiliary tank. Uh, the tank can't withstand that kind of pressure. <laughs> where'd, you, where'd you get that idea? What do you mean, where did I get that idea? It's in the impulse engine specifications. Regulations 42 slash 15. Pressure variances on the IRC tank storage? Yeah. Forget it. I wrote it. A good engineer is always a wee bit conservative, at least on paper. Just bypass the secondary cutoff valve and boost the flow. It'll work. Okay. If we've done our jobs properly, the engine should be coming back online about now. Hey, you were right. The auxiliary tank is holding. Take the bridge, Commander. Oh, no. You're the senior officer here. Oh, I may be captain by rank, but I never wanted to be anything else but an engineer. Jordy goes, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, it is the all right, all right, all right of Star Trek. <laughs> he is, he for sure is. <laughs> so this is like the opposite end of the, this is like the flip side of the coin, right? In which his like estimate being conservative actually did work. But like at this point to, for Jordy to be like, yeah, I like it. He, I mean, he is happy that it worked, but at the same time, he'd be like, great. So now I have to go through all the specifications and reconfigure all my estimates to your standards, which are now, I know, incorrect. <laughs> like, he's, that's like, so frustrating. Yeah, but Jordy <laughs> loves work. It's yeah. true. Jordy does love work. He loves he work. Only, also, he references he, his only like love affair, which was with a um, hollow deck. Uh, as Ben Rogers coined, a hard light woman. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, got Ben Rogers on. What? Oh, never mind. Couple times. Couple times. I realized that after I said that, <laughs> but I missed it. <laughs> I all all work and no play makes Jordy a Jordy boy. Is basically what we're saying. Um, so. Uh, I like this. This is the part of the episode that I do like where the ship, (laughs) the ship gets pulled into the automatic um, front door of the Dyson sphere and then just gets like, because the Dyson sphere is uninhabited, there's no like opposite effect tractor beam to keep it from going directly into the sun. (laughs) So then they're like just floating into the sun. They're like, fuck. And so they, so weirdly the people who made the Dyson sphere abandoned it and then just didn't turn off the, the ring doorbell system or whatever. That's the ring doorbell system. <laughs> and then, um, so Jordy and uh, Scotty have to get their old ship to be like, to hold the door open while they, the, the Enterprise figures out how to like get out of the Dyson sphere. <laughs> and it's, it's a crazy move, but it's going to work. And basically, I, the episode. 
this is at the point in this series when they can already like fly through suns though, right? Or or is it before that episode? Yes. Before? Because they would just fly through it. Right, yeah. But I mean, also, you know, they didn't have Beverly Crusher up there being fearless. You know, we always, I need more, I need more Beverly Crusher on the bridge. I know, time. I know. This is an episode that was sorely lacking in Crusher on the bridge and Troy. But I noticed that at the end of the episode, everybody's saying goodbye to him and Troy's like, bye. Like, did you even talk to him? Uh, no, we never see Troy. I in see no sketches when everyone's saying bye to the star and I'm like, bitch, you were not in the sketch. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, but she got her fucking day rate. Uh, no, but like, um, I see, this is why I, I think you're right about how male it is. And it's not just because it's, um, technical lingo, which by the way, Scotty, like, I think some, like PA was walking backwards with like, re- with the signs. He was like, literally reading lines. He has a sense. lot of technical language, but also you can absolutely see him being like, due to, due to Domini, the thruster due to Domini, like just being like, I'm saying it, I'm saying it. Definitely SNL reminds me of that. um, No, that reminds me of SNL, but also because this is a guy who got frozen in time and it's this epic engineer and now he has no function and he was this like huge person and now he's just like stuck in time. Um, And this is when we need a Troy like two less scenes of engineer lingo and uh, of people like shutting him out and two, four more scenes of Troy and him being like, how do you feel? <laughs> like, yeah. well, there's crazy two scenes of him sexually harassing her and then two scenes of her breaking him down and really getting to the bottom of his, his psychosis. I think you're totally right though, because I'm, I'm happy that at the end they don't kill him. Like they easily could have written the thing where like he had to stay on the ship in order for the enterprise, like, and then he dies and he like sacrifices himself, but they don't do that. He lives and he decides not to go to a retirement home. But the thing is like, and then he gives this whole impassioned speech about how enjoy this time because here you are at the height of your life. And once it's gone, it's gone. And that becomes the message of the thing um, of the episode. And it's like, yeah, but if Troy had been there, maybe she could have taught you about enjoying the present moment, you know, like like you should have just like nostalgia for the, for the golden days or something that could have had a, like a perspective without it being like, he was harassing Jordy. He was an engineer just being like, do things like this and ordering things to Ensign. So that's like, he needs to get out of there. This get this, but this guy's like a recognized engineer. So I don't know. I, I to me the episode would have been about like treating delicately what this is mean to have this person, this kind of person on the ship. Like I, I also was worried though that this episode was going to be just about how like old people don't have a place in society, which I think is a terrible idea. Um, oh, and uh, I, yeah. Yeah, and I think that people have a hard time letting go. Like, let's look at the comedy, comedy community. Comedy is like something that falls in and out of favor. So eventually somebody that you thought was so funny is not going to be that funny anymore to you. And, and then, and then like, where do they go after that? Like what happens to them? Either they become a recluse saying nasty things about the younger people or they become mentors for the younger people and they like lift them up like Will Ferrell did Funny or Die and because of that he is a household name forever you know like because he lifted other people up and I think like the role of older people is to be a mentor 
And so I was happy that they were giving him like that opportunity to kind of do that. But the the thing is, he's a hundred years behind and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Right. And it's more like his, the only thing he really had to share was his philosophy of like being conservative on paper, which is like not really a thing that he needed to bring to the situation. I also find that, um, like an older person, uh, in a situation like that, they could have played with the idea of someone like being fascinated by this, like refresh of life. Cause now, like by the time they did this, I think there were cell phones or something like that. They were about to happen. So personal computers are already happening. And, uh, clearly there's a generation of people who are like, whoa, what's this new world that I'm facing? Uh, so there's something interesting there to like explore uh, the idea of someone who has so much knowledge that they can't apply in this modern world and this modern world. What is this new fresh thing? And so like, what's this like childlike approach from an old person? I don't know. There's something there that could, to me, it's richer. Than- I wonder if they hadn't had a fan write the episode, if the episode would have been able to deal with more complex issues like that, instead of just being like, we brought back Scotty, you know, because it becomes a nostalgia episode when it like could have talked about that. And it would have been very clearly one of the best moral episodes that the show has had. But yeah, it just became like, it felt, it did feel like fanfic actually. I also feel like it's a, it's a missed opportunity to do a Dyson Sphere episode because we put two episodes together where this is like, a, this is kind of season two problems where we have too many ideas going on with an episode and there's not adequate time to explore all of them because like the Dyson Sphere just had to be abandoned. And they could have had an episode where the Dyson Sphere was still habit- habitable. I would have interesting to have seen that or at least to have dealt with the population. Like we didn't understand, we never found out yeah, what we happened. We never got to go to the surface and see what they were doing, which is totally what I wanted. Instead we get stuck with this transporter beam thing, which I actually think is kind of like a running thing of the six seasons. Like everything's about their transporter beams. Yeah. There's a lot of trans. So yeah. many There's a lot of transporter beams. Um, so I have to wrap up. And uh, it's a fantastic opportunity to have Ellie um, that I hope we did not squander. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I love this show. I love this podcast. I love you guys. It's so nice to see your faces. I also want to say, I feel like Riker, you could tell was a really big fan of Scotty because of the way he's acting with him. And that's like me right now with you guys. Oh my God. That's us with you. I'm going to get Lotto on the holiday. Oh my gosh. The love fest continues. <laughs> May it continue on our next live stream that we really, will do soon. Yeah. I'm really happy that you were here and that you went all out with your Deanna Troy. It's amazing. <sighs> Thank you. I mean, in the end, it was nice to change my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lesson we can all take with us. Yeah. That's the main lesson. I think uh, I was like, when am I going to do like a thing where I dress up and do makeup? So I, I don't this know. Me. I was really, I was kind of expecting you guys, but I mean, I'm not, I, and at least this way I feel special. I makeup, okay? 
Oh, sorry. You just look so naturally beautiful, Alice. It's hard to tell. I can't look naturally beautiful without makeup. I have to put on a little bit. This is what Veronica is the one of us who can do that, but I I have to actually put on a little makeup. My brows aren't strong enough. My brows aren't either, but Um, Alice, do you know that I think Veronica looks a lot like my grandmother? I don't have a big picture of her right here, but I have a little picture of her. Can you see? Can you tell? No. No, that's extremely hard. <laughs> impossible. It's, no, that actually, it's totally impossible to tell. I, have, I, have <laughs> I can't even tell that that's two people. There's two people in my life, you and another friend, Eloisa, who, whose grandmas I look like. And I look like uh, my face is literally my great-grandmother's face. Wow. It's crazy. Like my great aunts are always like, send me that picture of yours. Oh, like, why? Why are they always? And it's like, I notice, like, oh, I probably remind them. I always remind them of their mom, which is crazy. So I have like an old, old tiny face. Yeah. A face. You do. I, I don't a, know why. Cool. Cool. An old face. You have an old face. Let's say. <laughs> Let's not make yeah. it work. No, I don't. <laughs> you got an old goddamn you know, no, I don't think girls. I don't think that's we're, what we're saying. You were dancing around it, but we, you know, <laughs> like Fred and Ginger, also old, just like your face. But there's only two grandmas, two grandmas in mine, my own, that make, which makes sense. But it's weirder when it's someone like your grandma. Like how, why, where, where, Who? why, what, what do we? Because do they're not your your genealogy and my genealogy are not the same and it's like so what are the features that look the same i don't understand i don't know that's anyway that's, that's interesting to me that is that there it is a tiny spot and there's veronica Yay. oh amazing look at that synergy okay well, well i love you guys all right love you signing off for this week we've been treks in the city come back next week everybody Bye. Bye. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Yeah.